don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but there is power in just even one single prayer. Think about Elijah. Elijah, he prays one prayer that God make it stop raining, and it doesn't for over three years. And then with just one prayer, he prays, God, make it rain, and almost immediately it happens again. That's the power of one prayer. Or think about Moses. Moses prays a prayer, and then God gives him the ability to take a staff and thrust it into the Red Sea, and the waters part so that Moses and his troops can walk across on the dry land. It's the power of one prayer. Or think about Joshua. Joshua and his troops, they were in a battle and they were winning the battle, but night was about to fall and they wanted the, the, the daylight to stay so they could continue on. And so what does he pray? Just one prayer. God, make the sun stand still in the sky. And it does. And they end up winning the battle. The power of one prayer. Think about Jesus. Jesus walks up to the tomb of his friend, Lazarus. Lazarus has been dead for three days. With the power of just one prayer, he rises again from the dead. That's the power of one prayer. And that's just four stories of many that are found throughout both the Old Testament and the New Testament of people praying just one prayer and all of a sudden the impossible now becomes possible. It's the power of one prayer. Which leads me to the question, if you could pray just one prayer, and you knew that God was going to answer it on your behalf, what prayer would you pray? Now, I know selfishly a lot of people go, God, give me one million dollars. God, bless me and my family for the rest of our lives. But I want you to think along those terms. I want you to think selfishly. I want you to think if you could pray just one prayer and you knew that that one prayer was going to change the Harrisburg community, what prayer would that be? For those of you at our Hagerstown campus, what is the prayer that you would pray that would change all of Hagerstown? And I know we were able to track last week because of the new way we're doing with our QR codes and stuff. Six of you tuned in from Philadelphia last week. I don't know who you are. Fill out that connection card. Let us know who you are. But six of you tuned in from Philadelphia. What prayer would you pray for Philadelphia? That would change the city if you knew that when you prayed it, God was definitely going to answer that prayer. What prayer would you pray that would make a difference in our city, in our nation, or around the world? What is that prayer? What I've done is I've asked four of my friends to come over the next four weeks to share what is that prayer that you would pray. And what they're going to do is they're going to share that thing that is like it's deep in their heart. It's what they're passionate about. It's the thing that keeps them up late at night. It's the thing that gets them up early in the morning going, oh God, please, this isn't right in our world. This isn't right in our community. God, please do something about this. Something needs to change and let that change begin with me. And what you're going to discover is each of these four people that I've invited, they are just average, ordinary people. But yet they said, God, this is a burden you've placed on my heart. And so I'm going to do something about it. Now, before I introduce our, our first speaker, I want to take you to a, a scripture just to sort of set it up for you. So look at Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. And again, if you're tuning in today online, you can uh, 
actually, you can click the little button that's in the upper right-hand corner, or you can scan the code that was earlier. Those of you that are here, you can scan that orange card, and that'll take you to all the sermon notes. You'll be able to, to follow along as well with not only what I'm going to be talking about, but what our guest speaker is about to talk about as well. But in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 to 10, Solomon, he's writing, he says, two are what? Two are... Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend is there to help pick him back up. But pity the man who falls and has no one there to help him get back up. I've shared this so many times with you through the years here at Exponential that we are better together. We were not meant to do life alone. We need each other Two are better than one. And Solomon says, man, pity the man who falls and has no one there to help him up. But the point I want to make to you today is this. The reverse is true as well. Pity the man or pity the woman who is blessed in their life, who has it sort of, quote unquote, all together, and you're not reaching back to help pick somebody else up. Pity that person as well. I've shared this so many times over the past 13 years. You and I have been blessed to be a blessing. Why does God bless us? Not for us. He blesses us to bless others, to help others. And so when others have fallen and when others need a a helping hand, it's our job, not the pastor's job, not the staff's job. It's all of our job. We are the church. We are representative of Jesus to our community, wherever your community happens to be. And we are called to go and help reach and pick other people up. And so that's what our our guest speaker today is going to talk about. Her name is uh, Nikki Condon, and Nikki's been a friend for uh, about a year or so. And Nikki and I are actually a a part of a group. We meet together once a month, uh, usually for breakfast. And it's pastors, it's ministry leaders, it's nonprofits, it's business leaders that together we've said, you know what? Let's not just try to do this on our own, each individual organization trying to solve the problems of our community. Let's actually work together. And so that's how I got to know Nikki. And Nikki's going to share her one prayer here today. But before she comes out on the stage, let me set it up with a little video that's going to give you an idea of what she's going to be sharing. So take a look at this. Eat the berry. Bless the food. And these I give Xander and Joseph. Joseph. Amen. We tried. I have four boys, and they are the goofiest, funniest, smartest. They love playing with each other and also irritating each other. Just like with me, they love me so much, but then they also like making me cry. (laughs) As a girl growing up, I was always like, you know, I just like things quiet. I don't like to be loud, but they're just like really loud. Their names are Anthony, Alexander, Joseph, and Joshua. My marriage was abusive. It's still hard for me to say that. 
I was in an abusive marriage. And it's so painful to say that out loud. I don't know why. <laughs> When I finally let go of the broken marriage and the family that I was holding onto so tight, I fell into a depression. I had a mental breakdown. I had lost my job that I had got. And um, I was trying to do my best to care for the kids, but I, I couldn't even care for myself at that time. And so I reached out for help because my kids deserved better than what I could offer at that time. When families are feeling helpless in any way, they reach out to families like myself who have opened up their doors to welcome in their children and work alongside you and partner with you to make sure that your children have everything they need. I was at church and I went to the meeting with my husband and the model of it is so easy. The way you take in the families and the support you have through the church. The church also supported by finding volunteers, anyone to donate clothing or anything that I would need for the boys. I have three older children, two girls and a boy. My husband, Rob, is so supportive. Whenever I needed support, they were the first ones to say, no, I'll get that, I'll go, I'll take them outside, I'll play with them. They just kind of involve them in their day-to-day -day routine. They feel like they're your own family. I am just so grateful that my boys have someone else who thinks they're so interesting as well. And that's who they are. They are a group of amazing Christian families who just want to support those parents who need a little bit of a push up, a little bit of a hand up. God brings people together for different reasons and Kristen and I were supposed to meet on this life journey and those boys I think just opened up our family to realizing that Blessings come in different forms. As much as Kristen may feel that I gave to her, I feel she and her boys have blessed us. Well, welcome to the stage, Nikki Conan here. Give her a big exponential welcome. Those of you online, emoji claps. Put that in the chat there, emoji claps for Nikki. Nikki, welcome here to Exponential. Before we get into what we saw in the video and, and more of what uh, you've been doing, uh, you actually requested this from me. Uh, you watched one of the previous interviews I had done with somebody, and you said, are you going to ask me some fun questions? So I put together a list of some fun questions for you here today. So uh, one of them that you actually referenced from the, uh, the video was, Toilet paper over or under? Which, which do you prefer? Over. Over, okay, over. all right. All right, well, yeah, let buy a round of applause over in the crowd here, yeah. Uh, any unders? No. I don't care. <laughs> right, but remember what my rule is with toilet paper. That's the one thing you never buy the cheap stuff, right? That you always splurge for the name brand, all right. Uh, Steelers or Eagles? Steelers. <laughs> neither, neither answer was correct. All right, moving on. Lancaster or Lancaster? Oh, definitely Lancaster. All right. 
Which of your kids is your favorite? No, don't answer that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Luckily, our son is an only child. So okay. Easy all right. All right. <laughs> um, I, I know you're of the uh, a similar generation. So Friends or Seinfeld? Going to have to go with friends. Friends? All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Coke. All right. <laughs> and uh, co coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee. Coffee, right. coffee, coffee. She needs to watch the message I did the other week with the spiders and all that kind of stuff. You remember that? Uh, anyway. <laughs> no, it is great to have you uh, here today. Uh, and that was, that was a little bit of fun. But tell us about yourself. Are you originally from the area? Uh, you know, family, that, that type of thing. So sure. Who are yeah, you? Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, what an amazing time of worship. Wow. Uh, amazing worship here at Exponential. So I'm Nikki. I am from Perry County originally, uh, Newport Millerstown area. And um, met my husband about 18 or so years ago and moved to this area. Have been here ever since. Um, we have one son who's 15 and a sophomore in high school, so that's the, that's the journey we're currently on. <laughs> and uh, I've been with Safe Families for about six years now, and I am really uh, have enjoyed the work that I've done through Safe Families and just have a lot of amazing testimonies that, that I could share with any of you at any point about um, the number of families that we've been able to help in our region. So I wanted to make sure I got this right. So Safe Families is a part of a larger group called Bethany Christian Services, whose mission is this, that everyone deserves to be safe, loved, and connected. So how does Safe Families, working through Bethany there, how do you help families to be safe and loved and connected then? Absolutely. So as you saw in the video, and just as many of you probably already know, we all typically experience at least one crisis in our lifetime, if not many. And the clients that we're serving through Safe Families, they typically are very isolated in their, isolated in their community. Uh, many times they have grown up and aged out of the foster care system, and they just don't really have anyone to call in their time of need. Um, many times we hear the story, you know, how would you feel if you picked up your phone and you had nobody to call in your time of need? And those are the clients we're serving through Safe Families. Um, and we're providing a bridge for the church to come alongside these families. We're the professional umbrella, uh, is what we like to call ourselves, so that we can connect uh, faithful Christians who want to serve and mentor and come alongside struggling bio families and um, just connect them and help them to be in ministry together and just... Um, bring the hope of Jesus Christ to the families in our community that just don't know him or know about the faith and hope that they can receive um, through Jesus Christ. So that's you know, what I was talking about earlier. It's two are better than one. And oftentimes we think of that verse as simply like two individuals. But in this case, it's a family that needs another family to come alongside. And so as you and I have gotten to know each other over the past year, you, you've really made this emphasis in our group that this isn't really foster care necessarily. It, it's, it's a different, it's, it's coming alongside the family that, hey, for whatever reason, you've gone through a crisis, maybe your fault, maybe not your fault, but we're going to be here and, and we want to help support you. So just talk a little bit about the, the difference between fostering and then what you guys provide uh, through Safe Families. Thank you. Yeah, as you touched on, uh, Gilbert, Safe Families is just a grassroots ministry. It's not its own 501c3. 
it's always partnered with another nonprofit. In Pennsylvania, that nonprofit happens to be Bethany. Um, so what we do, the model of Safe Families, is that we have a circle of support that surrounds the families in crisis. So we have volunteer host families from churches. They host children temporarily in their home in order to avoid children from unnecessarily entering the foster care system. So we I think know, we actually, real quick, I think yeah. we actually have a slide that can show the, the circle of support yes. here, right? Yes, so this is the model of safe families. So as you can see, you have the family in crisis uh, in the center along with the volunteer host family that comes alongside I'm sorry, alongside let me interrupt you real quick. Sure. Those of you online, I know maybe you're seeing that, maybe you're not. We weren't able to do this the way we normally do. If you uh, uh, go to our website, exponential.church, go to the sermon notes, all these slides are actually provided there, so you can uh, be watching and looking at the slides at the same time. So I'm sorry, I just wanted to make sure they knew that. No problem. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have the family in crisis in the center there, and they are surrounded by a volunteer host family. And then we also have other volunteer roles. Uh, if you're here in person, there is a card on your seat that explains the volunteer roles that are available through Safe Families. Uh, but we have family coaches who help check in on our host families and children, uh, sort of like a volunteer social worker type role. We have resource friends who sign up to um, just donate goods and services, tangible needs, things like diapers, formula, baby gates. Um, we also have ministry leads who are our contact for our partner churches that we work with. Uh, many churches take on the ministry of Safe Families and they pair it with other ministries that they already have at their church, um, such as like a meals ministry could also serve host families through Safe Families while they're hosting. So we're relieving some of the burden that our, that our volunteers are um, stepping up uh, in their way to serve. And then we have um, family friends who can also help with babysitting and transportation needs. So there are a lot of ways to get involved in safe families. Uh, most commonly uh, is volunteer host families because people do like to um, get involved in real tangible ways where they're walking alongside families and becoming like an extended family member. That's what we saw in the, in the video earlier, Absolutely. just coming alongside of a, a family being there for the four boys Absolutely. and just uh, uh, providing and, and being that hand to, to help lift up a little Reaching bit. Reaching back. Yeah, right, I right. love that metaphor. Right. So why, why is this a passion for you? Uh, how, we're doing this one prayer series of, that, you know, what is your one prayer? And, and so for you, it's this thing of, man, I really wish that our families would be safe and that there would be people that would be able to come alongside, uh, you know, Exponential and other people in the area that would be willing to, to do this. Why, why did that even become a passion for you? Well, um, I'm really glad you went back to the opening slide um, because, as I mentioned, there's definitely a need for foster care. There's definitely a need for foster parents who are willing to adopt children out of foster care so that they don't age out of the system. However, um, if we can stop children from first unnecessarily entering the system, why wouldn't we do that first? <laughs> um, in the work that we do, we see children removed from their families often, and they are well-connected and bonded with their families, and they wouldn't need to be removed from their families if we were just stepping up and we were surrounding that biological parent or family who's struggling. Most of the time, children are removed because the, the, this, um, the biological family or the client we're serving isn't able to reach the goals because they have a lack of support right. and, again, are isolated in the community. 
So if we can just start at ground zero and help that family in need, oftentimes those children don't even have to enter the system. So I love that image, the removal of a child isn't inconsequential um, because it's a huge trauma on a child to be separated from their biological family. So if we can just stop that trauma from ever happening in the first place, I think that's where we, especially as Christians, should live. Jesus said, let the little children, you know, come unto me, right? And we want to be like Jesus. In the first John chapter 2, verse 6, we, we read this, that John, who is Jesus' best friend, he says, those who claim to follow Jesus will do the things that Jesus did. And Jesus was always welcoming children in. And so that's one of the things that as followers, you know, we, we need to, to, to help and support, whether it's in the community, our, our kids' ministry here at Exponential or, or whatever, of realizing that, man, if we can do something to impact children's lives and set that foundation while they're young, then it's going to change, hopefully, then the rest of their lives. And so this is an opportunity, as Nikki is, is saying, for us to come alongside some families in our area here, whether it's uh, in the Harrisburg area. And I don't know, I, I, I think you guys are in multiple states as, we as well. So yes. it, it's not just here. Uh, so those of you that are tuning in online, you know, let us know where you're tuning in from, and we'll see if we can get you connected uh, with uh, what's going on with, with safe families in, in your local community as well. It looked like you were about to say something with yeah, that. Um, yeah, just to add to what you're saying, safe families is across the whole country. It is in the UK, Canada, Hong Kong. Um, this ministry has been around for about 20 years, and it was started in Chicago uh, by a man named Dr. Dave Anderson. All right. Yeah. So those are a little bit of facts about it, and I know you had some other facts you wanted to share just uh, with, you know, what, what Safe Family is all about. So why don't we uh, get that slide up, guys, and uh, go ahead and share those things with us. Yeah, just some important facts that you can remember from today is that Safe Families is not foster care. Uh, it's not a court-involved program. It's completely voluntary. So both those who are serving and both uh, and also those who are in need of help, um, it's volunteer. It's voluntary on both sides. Um, also, our assistance is temporary. So we're we're always sort of taking the path of least resistance, as we like to say. So even though we're hosting children, um, we're hosting children for the shortest amount of time possible. We're always wanting to reunite children with their parents as soon as we can and as soon as it's safe to do so. Um, another thing to remember is that parents do not lose custody of their children while they're working with safe families. Uh, they, um, we have like a temporary POA that we use so that our volunteers are able to take kids to school, drop them off, take them to daycares, drop them off, take them to necessary medical appointments if the parent is unavailable. Um, so we, we navigate things that way. Um, in our region, we have about a 98% return to parent uh, ratio, which is really great, which means that we are truly preventing many children in our region from entering the foster care system unnecessarily. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as you were, you were saying that, it made me think of a question I wanted to ask. It. Now, oh, I know what it was. Um, so background checks, obviously, are something that somebody have. What else is the process of somebody, let's say somebody here, somebody online says, man, I'd really like to be involved with this. What does that look like? How long is the process? Good, great questions. So if you're here in the room today, there is a QR code on this pamphlet that you can just scan and it'll take you right to bethany.org slash safe families. 
If you are watching online, you can also just visit that website, uh, bethany.org slash safefamilies. You fill out an application to become um, a volunteer host family or some of the other volunteer roles I mentioned. You provide a few references. There are um, four clearances that are the traditional clearances that many people already have if they are a teacher, work in a church, hospital, school. Uh, we collect those clearances. There are several volunteer trainings that you can watch online to, to learn about um, trauma-informed care and um, sexual abuse prevention and awareness, um, trying to help watch out for grooming behaviors in the community, um, how to call Childline if you need to report suspected abuse or neglect. And um, then we come out to your home. We do a family interview and get to know your family a little better ask you questions about you know, what ages of children you'd like to um, host in your home or volunteer to babysit or provide transportation help. And then we do a home safety check of your home. So some people complete that process in, I would say one to three months is average. Some people it takes a little longer just because they have things going on in their life that don't permit them to go through the process as quickly. Um, but it's a relatively easy process to go through. We just want to make sure that our volunteers are prepared and that they understand um, just the appropriate ways to come alongside families in need. Now, so there are like recommended things that you give like a list of, here's things that we would recommend that you do with this family, or is it just sort of you're going with the flow of, oh, they need a ride to soccer practice or whatever, so we're providing that, or how does that work? Yeah, so once people are approved to be a part of the ministry, we have a volunteer contact list and we email out all of our volunteer needs. So you might get an email saying, uh, for example, right now you might get an email saying, um, we're working with a mom who is experiencing postpartum depression. She's looking for some respite hostings for her seven-month-old son. And so we put that out without personally identifying information, and you contact us if you're interested. And then we give you further details, like mom uh, works Friday, Saturday, and Sunday evenings, and she's just looking for help during those evenings for a few hours until she obtains um, funding for childcare. Um, so we're always connecting them to our Safe Families caseworkers. We're always working on the goals that they establish that they want to achieve for their own family and just empowering them to reach those goals, partnering with host families and as well as the caseworkers that Safe Families has. Cool. So you guys know, Nikki doesn't know quite as much, but you know, one of our, our values here at Exponential is what we call You Matter. We don't have ministries here at Exponential because you are the ministry. You have to have your ministry that, that you're doing. Don't come do Gilbert's thing. Go discover your own thing to do. And what we oftentimes like to do is get you partnered up with other existing organizations to see if there's a, a passion there of some sort that, that you may have. Now, Nikki obviously shared the, sort of the, the highest level is, man, you're actually working with families and everything. And you mentioned briefly a little bit earlier, but there are other sort of entryway types of ways that people can get in. So what are those, again, just a reminder? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Resource friends um, go through virtually no training at all. Um, we just ask for a copy of your identification, and then we add you to a resource friend list. And you might get an email saying, hey, we're working with a mom in Harrisburg, and um, she's fled domestic violence relationship, and she's uh, obtained new housing, and we're looking for some donations of um, you know, kitchen supplies, housewares, things that um, could help 
a single mom furnish her home or um, we're working with an intact family where there's been a medical emergency and there's a financial hardship or a job loss and maybe we're just looking for um, sheets gift cards or giant gift cards just to sustain a family until um, that second parent can get back to work. So that's a very good entry level to come in as a resource friend and just be there to receive emails and occasionally send resources. Um, but there are also other ways to get involved, like babysitting for host families as a family friend role. Or maybe a host family could host if there was just somebody available to give a kiddo a ride to school in the morning two days a week because they work two days a week, things like that. There are definitely um, other needs besides being volunteer host families. Mm -hmm. Yes. Good. So the reason I wanted Nikki to, to share that was... You know, oftentimes when you hear about ministries and things, you're like, oh, I don't have time. It's just so overwhelming. It'd be too big of a thing. But she's given us, here's the top level. And then there's like really easy things of donations that you can do and, and various, uh, just maybe an hour here or an hour there that you're able to do without like sort of being all in as a, as a safe family. And so really it's everybody and everybody online. This is an opportunity for you to do something, to be the hands and the feet and the mouth of Jesus to help people in our communities uh, here, and, here and it sounds like even all around the world we could possibly uh, do that as well. And so there is something you can do. And, and I love the, what Mother Teresa one time, she said, if you can't feed 1,000, just feed one. Right? Don't get overwhelmed with, I can't do all this big thing. Just do what you can do. And so you've heard me preach about this many times in the past. If you see a need, meet a need. See a need, meet a need. That's what we do. We're always just keeping our eyes open for what are the needs that I see, and is the Spirit directing me then to help meet that need? And I'm assuming there's a lot of needs that you guys uh, that you have that we could come alongside and help to partner uh, with that. Absolutely. We have a lot of need in our community. Um, we certainly have an affordable housing crisis across the country, but especially in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Harrisburg, I believe right now, is the second hardest place in the United States to find affordable housing. So the affordable housing crisis is real here. And we have moms couch surfing. We have children who aren't safe because um, moms don't have safe places to stay. So they're staying in places and they're being asked to do things against their will. They're being held in places they don't want to stay. Um, there are many unhoused individuals in our city that we work with through Safe Families. And those are some of our longer hosting needs. Mm -hmm. uh, but we also have hosting needs for pregnant moms who are requesting a three to five day hosting while they deliver a child. Um, a hosting for one child while they have another child. So our needs sort of run the gamut of anything from one overnight to maybe two to three months until somebody finds a safe place for them and their children to stay. And sometimes we host children so that they don't have to stay where the parents are because the parents don't want their children staying in an unsafe place. So they're staying in a safe place with our volunteer host families and with our family friends. And then they're getting their children back instead of losing their children to foster care simply because they don't have a safe place to live. So James said, don't just be hearers of the word, make sure that you're a doer of the word as well. We need to actually be putting our faith into action. So 
this is going to resonate with some of you. It may not resonate with some of you, and that's okay, right? Each of us, God has wired us up differently, and we need to understand the gifts and the skills and the talents, the abilities, the passions that he's given each and every one of us. But if this has resonated with you, those of you that are online, Nikki, what are some ways that they can uh, uh, contact, uh, and I think we actually have a slide for this, but how would they actually get uh, connected then? Yeah, so if you can um, view this slide up here, we have... Um, our Harrisburg office location, which be, would be the closest to this physical location. So you can call our administrative assistant for Safe Families, Chanel, at our Harrisburg office. The phone number's on the slide. Um, you can always go to bethany.org slash safe families. It's F-A-M-I-L-I-E-S, no matter where you are. And um, you can find the office location that's closest to where you are. Um, and you can also click on the volunteer now button and get connected with that office that's closest to you. Very good. One final question then. Tell us about your relationship with Jesus. Why is that so important to you? Thank you. Um, I think that's why working with clients through Safe Families has been so life-giving for me. Um, we work with a lot of individuals who when we ask them if they have a particular faith that we need to be respectful of, they identify that they believe in God, but they're not connected in other ways. And that has just over the years given me such a great appreciation for the quiet places and spaces that I can have with Jesus Christ and the hope that I can have the... Um, the burdens that I can unload and just claim Jesus' protection over my life, my family's life, and the families that we serve through Safe Families. So I really can't imagine um, if the church and if our faith was not a part of Safe Families. Um, I think we would be at a huge detriment if we weren't continuing to partner with churches in our communities and distribute faith and hope along with safe homes to these children and families in need. And I'm pretty sure underneath your clothing there is not a superhero suit, right? No. You're just an ordinary no. person, right? Absolutely. But yet you're doing incredible things, that Thank you're you. taking what seems to be impossible in the Harrisburg community, and you're making it possible for families. So thank you. Can we give a... Thank you. Can we give a big hand? Thank you. Right, for, for doing that. Let's pray for her and let's uh, pray together as we uh, close out today. Father, thank you so much for uh, Nikki and just her heart and her passion for uh, safe families and that she was able to communicate with us today, ways that we can be involved. And Lord, I pray that your spirit has been speaking to each and every one of us of, is there something you're asking us to do? And even as a, a church family, is there something you're asking us to do uh, to be able to to reach this Harrisburg community and, and provide the support that is so desperately needed. So, Laura, again, I pray that you just speak to each and every one of our hearts and that we would uh, just have the courage then to take whatever next step it is that you're asking us to take. Lord, I pray for uh, Nikki. I know she's got uh, a lot of stuff going on in her life, some transitions going on in her life. I just pray a uh, blessing uh, on her and her entire family, and that, Lord, that whatever she sets her hand to, she would do it with all of her heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that she would give everything uh, to you as she's been doing already. So, again, thank you for her. Thank you for her friendship, and we just thank you that, again, your word says two are better than one because they have a good return for the work. If one falls down, 
his brother is there to help him up, but pity the man who falls and has no one there to help him up. So help us, Jesus, to know that we are better together. We're better in community uh, because we can be there for others when they fall and others will be there for us when we fall. We need each other in order to be your body to this lost and hurting world. So Jesus, thank you that you died and you rose again so that our lives could be changed, not just forever, not just having our sins forgiven, not just getting heaven forever, but having life change right here and right now. Our communities don't need to stay the same anymore if we'll just do our part. So Jesus, thank you that you partner with simple people like us, regular, ordinary people, in order to make an amazing difference here and all around the world. Thank you again, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.